How can we find peace on earth? How can we find peace on earth? Last weekend, a series of storms hit western Kentucky and the surrounding region. And according to the governor of Kentucky, it was the most destructive tornado event in the state's history. Last Friday and Saturday, there were some 40 tornadoes that were spotted across that region. 40 tornadoes. One tornado is bad enough, amen? Within hours of those two days, 92 people lost their lives. 92 people lost their lives because of the destruction and the fierceness of those intense winds and the damage that they caused. One town in Kentucky, maybe you read about it in the newspaper or online, I saw it I think in my Twitter feed, a town called Mayfield, Kentucky was nearly destroyed. I read an article about a man named Timothy McDill and his wife who live in Mayfield. This is a picture of Timothy and his home after the storm. Timothy was being interviewed and he said, my wife and I, we didn't take the storm very seriously. I was trying to do the country accent. He, he said, we didn't take the storm very serious. We didn't take it very serious until around 10 o'clock that evening when they received weather alerts on their phones and they realized that the storm, the tornado, had actually touched down in their town of Mayfield. And at that point, uh, Timothy said, my wife said, we need to go down to the basement. And so Timothy and his wife and their grandchildren and their dog and their cat went down into the basement of their home where Timothy grabbed whatever he could find. He grabbed a rope and he tied all of the children together and he tied his wife and he tied the dog and the cat. Yes, <laughs> he's serious about his pets. He tied the dog and the cat and himself and his wife to the heaviest thing that he could find under the house, which is a large cast iron drain pipe. Tied himself, tied all of them to the drain pipe, and then all of a sudden the storm hit their house. And he said the first thing to hit the house was a pole, a, 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 a light pole that had been ripped out of the ground and went flying through the upstairs of their home, shattering the front door and going all the way through the house. How can we find peace on earth. It was the Christmas of 1914. If you know anything about history, you know that 1914 was the beginning of World War I. Around that time, British and German troops had gone to war against each other in August. They expected to be home by Christmas. Letters and diaries from the era tell us that the soldiers expected this to be a quick and done war, like wars of old. But modern warfare within just a few short months had left 750,000 people dead. And on Christmas Day, in the middle of a war, some soldiers from the British side could hear carols being sung across 
no man's land in the trenches on the German side. And they, they, they knew it was silent night. They couldn't understand the words, but they recognized the tune. The war began to cease that day, Christmas Day. And suddenly, the German soldiers lifted up a banner in, in broken English that said, You no shoot, we no shoot. They held it up high. The British soldiers saw the sign and they decided to, to take a chance. And so the British soldiers and the German soldiers began to come out into no man's land where just that morning bodies had been cleared from the field. They greeted one another. They exchanged gifts of candy and cigarettes. They shook hands. They started up an impromptu game of soccer. Here's a picture of soldiers playing soccer in no man's land. This story didn't just happen in one place, but it happened throughout the field, throughout the war in World War I. By the end of the war, 20 million were dead. 20 million were dead. How can we find peace on earth? I want you to think back to Mary and Joseph and the baby. Mary and Joseph having their first child. And I'm, I'm blessed to have had that experience of having a first child and holding that first child in my arms. And I, and I would imagine that Mary and Joseph, as they are holding the baby Jesus in their arms for the first time, looking at him so tiny, so vulnerable, so dependent, asking themselves, how can we raise a child in a world like this? How can we raise a child in a world that is so volatile, that is so dark and painful? How can we raise a child in a world so filled with hatred and evil? How can we raise a child in a world that is seeking to lure them away from everything that's right? How can we raise a child in a world filled with tornadoes and war? Mary and Joseph and you and I are driven to prayer with such questions. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to do this. How can we do it without You? Without trusting in You? Lord, protect this child from the evil and the pain of the world. How can we find peace on earth? The answer to this question is something that you can anchor your life to. It's something that you can attach your life to. It's, it's something that would cause enemies to lay down their weapons, not just for a day, but forever. The answer is something that brings new parents courage. The answer was announced to some poor, terrified shepherds by God's heavenly army of angels, one Christmas Luke chapter 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, 
and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Glory and peace. Two words that we need to learn something about today. Glory and peace. First, glory to God in the highest. Elon Musk was just awarded the time person of the year. We're not going to debate his merit this morning. But he was awarded the Time Person of the Year, and I read the article, and in the article, I read something incredible. Listen to these words. Someone was speaking of Elon, one of his, uh, someone close to him, someone who knows him inside and out, was speaking of him, and here's what he had to say. He said, Elon wants eternal glory for doing great things. And he is an asset to the human race because he defines a great deed as something that is great for humanity. He is greedy for glory. Wow. I'm not sure that's a compliment. He wants eternal glory for doing great things. He is greedy for glory. Well, what is glory? Right? That, that, that's kind of the question, isn't it? You've heard the word. We've sung it. What is it? What is glory? Well, the, if we look at the original word in Greek, which this uh, scripture is written in Greek, the word is doxa. And, and that word kind of means reputation. It's a little bit like what Elon Musk wants. He wants a reputation for being a benefactor, for doing great deeds for humanity. Right? That's glory. It's a reputation, but the biblical concept is not really so much rooted in that kind of glory. It's actually rooted in the Old Testament word for glory, and that word is kavod. And the word kavod means something heavy. It means something solid. I want to just do a quick survey of some of the Old Testament usages of the word glory. So just let this soak over you as I read the scripture. Psalm 29, 1 through 3. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of the Lord thunders the Lord over many waters. Psalm 115. Psalm 115 verse 1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to Your name be the glory. For the sake of Your steadfast love and Your faithfulness, be the glory. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3. And one angel called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising sun, and He will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. Psalm 24, verse 8. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. You see, God's glory is His power over creation. God's glory is His steadfast love and His faithfulness. 
God's glory is His transcendence and His holiness, His otherliness. God's glory is His justice and His truth. It's His sovereign rule over every other power that there is. God's glory is His heaviness. It's His weight. It's His undeniable presence. God's glory is more than doing great things. It's being a great God. That is God's glory. It's more than God doing great things. It's that He is glorious. In Him, and you, you all, we, need, we have a little God in American Christianity. But if you read these scriptures and you read these over, and I'll send them to you, you will recognize God is not little. God is not a little God that we can throw around. God is not a little God that we can legislate. God is not a little God that we can put in a box and say, you stay there, God. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. God is glorious. He's heavy. This is why the angels sing, glory to God in the highest. Man, I, when I first thought of this song, I thought, you know, this song is the jingle bell rock of the Christmas songs. You know that song, uh, Glory to God in the Highest from Handel's Messiah? Glory to God, glory to God in the highest. Amen? Amen. And, and, and I, I want to sing the rest of it, but I'm not going to. But it's like the rockin' song of the Christmas season, the Jingle Bell Rock. But here's the problem with Jingle Bell Rock. I love the groove of Jingle Bell Rock. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. It's like Jingle Bells on steroids. Right? Right? Jingle Bell Rock is the Christmas song that's written to make you feel good. What a bright time, it's the right time to rock your night away. A jingle bell time, it's a swell time to go gliding in a one-horse sleigh. But let me ask you something. Yeah, thank you. See, you get going, right? You get going. And there's nothing wrong with happy, slappy, jingle, be- jingle fun. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. We should enjoy that, but let's get real. Life isn't always happy. Slappy. Life isn't all. What is a one-horse sleigh anyway? You know, we love these songs because they drum up some emotion in our lives, but the question is, what are you happy about? You see, the angels didn't just show up and start singing Jingle Bell Rock. No, they showed up because God was doing something. And they were, they were gazing on His glory in the world and what God was doing in a little town called Bethlehem with a bunch of redneck shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. The angels were excited about God's glory. That is why we need to glorify God. Because life isn't always happy slappy, jingle bell rock. How do we glorify God? How did Timothy McDill in Kentucky find peace in the storm? Because he tied himself to something solid. He tied himself to something heavy. He tied himself to something full of glory, a big cast iron pipe. Glorifying God is not primarily about our emotion and our singing. 
Glorifying God is about tying yourself and everything you have down to your dog and cat. Tying everything you are to something solid, to the glory of God. That is what it means to glorify God. It's trusting Him during the storm of life. It is hoping in Him during the middle of the worst conflict that humanity had ever seen. It is seeing Him for who He really is, immovable, steadfast, the rock of our salvation. And so we're going to, define, we're going to redefine Jingle Bell Rock. Alright, you see what I'm doing? Jingle Bell Rock means that He is the rock. Uh, God is the Jingle Bell Rock who we can tie our lives to. Who we can tie everything we have to Him. Because He is the rock of our salvation. So glorify God. And the way we do that is we tie ourselves to Him. And when we do that, He gives us peace. The two words, glory and peace. The angels sang, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. What is peace? Peace is simply calm, tranquility, silence, safety. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Let me repeat that. Peace is not the absence of conflict. See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And He entered into the fray. He entered into the conflict. He stirred up the conflict with this dark and rebellious world that we live in and are a part of. See, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is safety in the storm. Safety is a a soccer game in the middle of a war. Peace is when we experience the glory of God and when we really connect to the glory of God and we feel secure in Him. That's peace. That is peace. When we tie ourselves to His strength. So how do we get peace? The last part of the angel song says, on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. Let's break that down, alright? Among those with whom He is pleased. With whom is God pleased? With whom is God pleased? The Bible tells us that God is holy, holy, Holy God is matchless in His goodness and purity and love and kindness and virtue and faithfulness and true truth. And so who can please God? Who can please God? Can you? Can I? God tells us that all have fallen short of His. All have fallen short of His glory. So who are the angels talking about? Who are they talking about? Who are these in whom God is pleased? If we keep reading Luke, we got to skip ahead to some of the context in the next chapter. In chapter 3. Now when all the people were baptized... 
And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, an audible voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Who are the angels singing about? They're singing about anyone who is in Christ. Because Jesus lived a life that was well-pleasing to God. And you don't. And neither do I. But if we tie ourselves to Jesus, then the glory of God will give us peace. And God promises, even in these words on earth, peace among those with whom He is pleased. Jesus is the only human being to ever be pleasing to God. That is why He is the way of salvation. But you have to connect your rope to Him. You have to have faith in Him. You know, you can be around a rock, you can be around something heavy all day long, but if you don't go down into the basement and you don't tie yourself to that pipe, If you don't tie yourself to Jesus, then you have no hope of having peace. you got to have faith in Him. Because when you put faith in Him, this is the good news. When you put faith in, faith is simply trusting, right? It's simply, I'm hitching myself to you. I'm going with you. When we do that, God will say of you, well done, my good and faithful servant. With you, I am well done pleased. God will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. With you, I am well pleased. God will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. With you, I am well pleased. To have those words said of us brings infinite peace. We have peace with God because our guilt has been taken away. But not only that, we have been filled with the goodness of God through the work of Christ. See, we not only get a blank slate when we come to Jesus, but we get a full bank account of goodness. We get a full bank account of God's love through Christ that fills our life to overflowing Right? And that's why our lives change. Not because we have an empty slate, but because we're filled with Jesus. So when things go wrong in your life and you're asking, is God mad at me? Has He left me? Has He abandoned me? God says to you, no, I am well pleased with you. I am well pleased with you. There's a series of question and answer called a catechism. And the catechism, some of you know that word, it's just an old word that means questions and answers to teach you something. And there's, an old, there's an old catechism, it's not that old actually, but it's a catechism for children. And I'm going to put my kids on the spot because they should know these. <laughs> and we did review them this morning. So I'm not really putting them on the spot, am I? A little bit. The first question in the children's catechism is this. Who made you? God. That's that's a good answer. 
What else did God make? God made all things. Think about that. Why did God make you in all things? For His own glory. That's why you exist. For His own glory. And so the next question is, question four, how can you glorify God? By loving Him. And by doing what He commands. How can you glorify God by loving Him and doing what He commands? And the last one, I I love question five. Why ought you glorify God? Because He made me and takes care of me. How do you glorify God? How How do you live this out? You trust and believe. You trust and believe that God's created you for His glory. That He doesn't just tolerate you. Okay? God doesn't just look at you every morning and go, Ugh, I'm so annoyed with you today. God doesn't doesn't just look at you and say, I probably could have done better with this one. No, listen. The angels are telling us that God is pleased with you. That He loves you and He takes care of you because He made you and He saved you. And so we can glorify God because we glory in Him. Because He is pleased with us. And if you feel like nobody else loves you in the whole world, God loves you. And if you feel like no one else is pleased with you, you're not even pleased with yourself. God is pleased with you through Christ. He is pleased with you. He likes you. God wants to hang out with you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to hear your prayers as weak as they are. God wants to hear your praises. God takes pleasure in you, brothers and sisters. God takes pleasure in you. This is the glory of God. This is what the angels are singing about. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace. Peace among those with whom He is pleased. This is This is the song of salvation. This is the song of glory. This is the song of peace. And this should get you up in the morning and going throughout life to know you have a God who is so strong, so heavy, that He can handle anything life throws your way. He can handle it and He will keep you in the storm. He will give you perfect peace. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this song of the angels. We thank You that You are glorious. We thank You that You are strong and mighty and heavy and that we can put all of our trust in You. And Lord, I know that some of us are right now going through tornado-like issues in our lives. Some of us are going through war-like issues in our lives and some of those battles are on the inside. And Lord, I pray that you would make yourself present to your people and that you would show us your pleasure, 
that we would feel love, that you would minister to each heart, even now, by your Holy Spirit. Minister to each heart and show us your glory. Show us your glory so that we can have peace in our lives. So that we don't get overwhelmed by circumstances. But that we would cling to you. Because you are clinging to us. God, we love you. God, I pray that you would show us your pleasure. Make us certain that you are pleased with us. Lord, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. For your glory. Amen.